0: Chapter 9 of Babu Jabberjee, BA. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Babu Jabberjee, BA, by F. Anstey. Chapter 9 How he saw the practice of the university crews and what he thought of it the notorious Intercollegian and boat race of this anno domini will be obsolete and ex post facto by the time of publication of the present instalment of jots and titles still i am sufficiently presumptive to think that the cogitations and personal experiences of a cultivated thoughtful native gentleman on this carolian topic may not be found so stale and dry as the remainder of a biscuit first i will make a clean bosom with the confession that though ardently desirous to witness such a titanic struggle for the cordon bleu of old father antic the thames i was not the actual spectator of the affair being previously contracted to escort miss mankletoe whose wishfulness is equivalent to legislation to a theatrical matutinal performance which she would in no wise consent to renounce alleging that she had already seen the boat-race to the verge of satiety and that the spectacle was instantaneous and paltry however on acquainting my kind and patronising father the honourable punch of my disappointment he did benevolently propose as a pis-a-lay and blind bargain a voyage in the steam-launch boat of the official coachman of one of the crews so that i might ascertain how the trick was done and at ten a m on the day of assignation i presented myself at the riparian premises of a certain boating society and, on exhibiting my letter of credit to the mentor or coripheus aforesaid was received a bras au ver, and with an urbane off-handedness after i had hung fire and cooled my heels on the banks for a while i was instructed to enter a skiff which conveyed me and others to a steamship of very meagre dimensions whereupon Owing to the heel of one of my japan leather shoes becoming implicated in the wire railing that circumvented the desk, I was embarked in a horizontal attitude and severely deteriorated the tall chimney-pot hat which I had assumed to do credit to the honourable periodical I represented. Nota bene, hatmaker's bill for renovating same, two rupees eight annas which those to whom it is of concern will please attend to and refund on recovery of my headgear and equanimity i stationed myself in close proximity to the officiating coach for purpose of being on the threshold of inquiries and proceeded to pop numerous questions to my neighbours i ascertained among other things that the vessels are called eights owing to their containing nine passengers that the ninth is called the cock and is a mere supernumerary or understudent in case any member of the crew should be overcome by sickishness during the contest and desire to discontinue it appears that the race is of religious and ceremonious origin for only good men are permitted to compete and none who is a wine drunkard a gluttonous or addicted to any form of tobacco moreover they are to observe a strict fast and abstinence for many weeks previous to the ordeal the most prominent ecclesiastics and judges of the supreme courts are usually chosen from this class of individuals which is further proof of the sanctimoniousness attached to the competition consequently i was the more surprised at the disrespectful superciliousness of their fidus acartes or dry nurse who stretching himself upon his stomach in the prowl did shout counsels of perfection at his receding pupils such criticisms as i overheard seemed to me of a very puerile and captious description and some of an opprobrious personality for example as when a certain oarsman was taunted with being short as though he were capable of adding the cubic inch to his stature another i heard advised to keep his visual organs in the interior of the boat though being ordinary optics and not at all of a vitreous composition they could not be removable by volition again a third was reproached because of the lateness with which he had made his beginning but as it was not asserted that he was inferior to the rest the tardiness of his initiation was surely rather honourable than disgraceful i observed that said trainer did stickle almost prudishly for propriety being greatly shocked at the levity with which the rowers were attired and entreating them to keep their buttons well up though indeed i could discern none nor was there much which was humanly possible to be buttoned for myself i must make the humble complaint that the honourable coach was defective in courteous attention to my inquisitiveness which he totally ignored for i could not prevail upon him to explain what thing it was that he directed the oemen to wait for to spring from a stretcher and catch at the beginning nor why they were forbidden to row with their hands not being quadrumanous and able to employ their feet in such a manner nor whether when he commanded them to get in at once he intended them to leap into the waters or to return to the landing-place nor why they did neither of these things nor why he should express satisfaction that a certain rower had got rid of a lofty feather which would indubitably have added to the showiness of his appearance again hearing him anxiously inquire the time after a stoppage i was proceeding to explain how gladly i would have given him such information but for the unavoidable absence of my golden chronometer owing to the failure of messrs Tompkins and johnson to restore the same whereupon he treated me in such a please go away and die sort of style that i subsided with utmost alacrity on the return voyage the collegiate eight was challenged to a spurting match by a scratched crew which appeared to me to be the superior in velocity though it seemed it was then too late to make the happy exchange when the practice was at an end and the blues in a state of quiescence i intimated my desire to harangue them and express my wonderment and admiration at beholding them content to suffer such hardships and perils and fault-finding without expostulation or excuses for their shortcomings and all for no pecuniary recompense but the evasive reward of a nominous umbra and i would have reminded them of the extended popularity of their performance And that it was an unfairness to muzzle the ox that treadeth upon one's corn, appealing to them to stand up for their rights and refuse to compete except for the honorarium of a quid pro quo. But the official instructor, seeing me about to climb upon the poop to deliver my oration, entreated me with so much earnestness to desist that I became immediately a phonus. End of chapter 9 Recording by Steve Chilvers Norwich, England